There is hope for us yet We are young, we are I am Laura Talent, and I am Holly Whitaker, and this is Home Podcast. Hey, hi. Hey, hi. Hey, hi. Oh. Oh. Oh, God. Um, hello. Happy. Happy September 21. Ah, September 21st. It's my favorite day. Why? I don't know. How are you doing? Oh, uh, I'm good. It's been a long ass Monday. It's been a true Monday. Yeah. Do you have a case of the Mondays? I do. Have a case <laughs> of the fucking Mondays. <laughs> yeah, I hate that too. Like, I hate, uh, I hate the mon. I hate being like, oh, it's Monday. Oh, Monday. Yeah. You know. But I just today was just like, bam, bam, bam. <laughs> um. So, but I'm fine. I had a scream. Oh my God. <laughs> Serious? I was laughing because it's like you, we were saying last podcast that you have like bad days or, or big days yeah. on our podcast days. And I just pretty much eat ice cream <laughs> every podcast day. But not, do you do it? Every, not every night though. I mean, not every night. Well... I really, I really owned it this summer. Yeah, I, yeah. I really took advantage of having one right below my house. They're closing on September 27th. God. <laughs> <laughs> but I was kind of sad that they weren't going to be here when you got here. Oh, I'm sad about that. That's all right. Yeah. I haven't had ice cream since I've been back. Oh, no, I did. I had Ben and Jerry's. I went to mm. the actual Ben and Jerry's store mm. in the Upper Height. But, um, mm. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, lots happened in the last week since we talked, and I'm um, just allowing my life to settle before mm-hmm. it changes again. So I'm doing, I'm doing good. I know you wrote a lot last week. Yeah, and I have so many more left to go to. It's funny because when I first came back, I was I I just did that. I, I did an easy one because I was like I couldn't pull words. And then something happened the other day and it just like won't stop coming out. So, um, so yeah, I've, I've got, I, it is, it really is. It's, it's kind of, um, it feels very miraculous when that happens because that's, mm-hmm. and when it's, I mean, it's just, to me, it feels good, right? Like when I read my stuff, I, I mean, I'm, I'm the biggest critic of my work and I know when my stuff is shit and I know when it's good and I, you know, and this, this stuff, it, it feels representative of how I want to, how I want my words to come across. So yeah, right. it was good. No, I, it, that's so funny. And then we can get into it, but I think the, um, the thing is when you feel like your work is good or shitty is when you're telling the truth like you're really telling the truth you know you're not like trying to do anything else like no this is true I don't know if it's that good but it's true so you feel good about it yeah yeah that's what I that's what I yeah Yeah. when I read a piece and I'm like I am so full of shit somewhere in here (laughs) I know (laughs) or some degree trying to force it right and it just yeah 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 but yeah, I'm doing. I'm. I am. I am short and PMSy, and I've eaten more food today than I eat in the course of three or four days. Did you but just I'm, say you're short? Like I'm short. Oh, you're short. <laughs> I am. Like I have. I have. I. I like this. Okay, here's here's a great great way to put it. This morning, there's there's a girl that lives in my building, and. I have been suspicious that she's smoking outside of my window and I like, and normally I just wouldn't give a crap, you know, like let her smoke wherever she wants. But this morning I saw her and she gave me, she's not very nice. And she gave me a very mean look and I was like, I'll show you. And I called my property manager and told him that she's been smoking outside my window because she has. And um, yeah, so I'm like, I'm just in that like, yeah. You're in that mode. Uh-huh. Yeah. I rarely tell on people, but I told on her this morning. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. You're going to get like a 
turd it's, on your doorstep or something. No, I mean, it's, you know, it's not the best. It's just, like, I knew what I was doing. I sat there and I weighed the consequences, and I was like, "Some this is going to come back to me, and I'm putting anger onto the world, and, like, this is not going, this is not teaching her the right, you know, like, this is not, like, you, right. you, you know, you teach by demonstration, almost teaching intolerance and all sorts of mean things, but I just didn't give a fuck. I just, you know, somebody was going to pay for my bad food this morning. <laughs> well, plus it's, it's, it is pretty gross to inhale like smoke through your bedroom window. Oh, it's terrible. When you don't oh. smoke. When you don't smoke. And it's just like I'll be sitting there in the middle of the night and the cool breeze is coming across my face and then it's just laced with gross. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway. So tonight um, we are doing we're we're doing a we're gonna do a letter, or at least the impetus for the subject was a letter. Mm-hmm that came through to ask I fly on my blog and um, I actually answered it today in part, or at least I answered what I could write in response, honestly, but the whole crux of the question is really around like perfectionism and worry. So I'm going to read the letter and then we're going to, we're going to jam on it. I can't wait. All right. So the letter goes like this. Dear iFly, I came across your blog by accident, but I can't seem to stop reading your words of wisdom. I struggle with other non-substance addictions. I'm constantly worrying about who likes or doesn't like me, if I'm attractive or thin enough, if I'm a good mom, wife, daughter, sister, friend. It's consuming and I liken it very much to an addiction to alcohol, pills, whatever. Your blogs have made me cry because they resonate. I'm trying to realize that it's okay to fail or be imperfect, but it's been almost 37 years of thinking it's not okay to be these things. It's hard to motivate, have energy while working full-time with two kids, to even think about appreciating or loving or forgiving myself for the mistakes I've made. I'm not sure what question is tucked away in my message as my mind is all over the place. I guess I'm looking for some advice to start healing, appreciating, and loving myself for the first time in all these years looking to begin yeah yeah so um, where to begin with where to begin, begin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well i think um you asked me to go first and and i really i want to stick to one main point in here um mm-hmm. because it's something that i am an expert at which is uh perfectionism and that doesn't mean I'm perfect at perfectionism. <laughs> I'm just very well versed in, um, in being one. And I, I thought about this a lot. And I thought about oh, how many stories I could tell about how perfectionism has crippled my, my success and, and, and really devastated my life. Um, yeah. And continues to not cripple, not devastate anymore, but cripple for sure. And um, yeah, and I guess, you know, I've broken it down into a couple of different ways I want to go into it. But, you know, a couple of stories really came to mind in this. And as I was as I was going through it and tossing it back and forth and and I like almost like watching a, a movie, I, you know, I saw myself at, you know, this one point. And just, just a couple of years ago and I was, it was probably January or February, it was January of 2013. And I was, I had just started drinking again and I was pulling off a really big project at work and, mm-hmm. um, my best friend and, um, my, you know, one of my dearest and I were working on a project together and, um, it was like going to be late by a week and, you know, and I, blamed him and I walked into the room and I just like shut the door and closed the blinds and I screamed at him and said I don't fail you know and I you know and I just said I don't motherfucking fail and I'm sure that every vein in my body was popping and you know said so fix it you know and um and I just like that was just one of those moments where I was literally standing outside of myself yeah. And that was, I mean, that encapsulates um, so much of where my self-worth was tied, um, was in this idea that I didn't fail. 
and this idea that my self-worth was completely predicated on not failing. And so, you know, that came to mind. And then I, I also had the scenes from when I was just maybe in 2005. So in my, you know, early mid twenties, my uh, boyfriend and I at the time, um, having him on a Saturday morning, cleaning my apartment with me, because before we could go have fun, I had to <laughs> have a perfectly clean apartment. And I, you know, like, you know, I'd be down on my knees cleaning the kitchen floor because that's how we cleaned the kitchen floor and we did it right. And, yeah. um, you know, and I can just like, I had this, like, you know, this whole montage play out in my mind of like, um, perfectionism in my life. And, um, you mean while you were reading the letter? While I was thinking about how to respond about yeah. perfectionism in this. And I came up with a couple of different ways I went to. But, um, you know, I think perfectionism and, you know, and substance abuse, you know, and she's talking about how perfectionism is her addiction and how worry is her addiction. And, and I think um, I am going to actually take it and really speak to um, just how perfectionism really plays into the lives of um, of who I see as my arc as the archetype that are listening to the show and yeah that follow you and I and I think there's a couple of different ways that um, it prevents us from living our lives and um, drives us to drink and um, you know essentially cripples us and devastates us and um, I broke it out into three different ways. And, and the first way I'll say is, um, you know, we, we, and when I say we, I really am talking about the modern woman, um, you know, at least, you know, my woman, you know, and um, I think the, the women that are tuning into this, which is, um, we really have to, first of all, be it all, right? Like there yeah. are so many roles that we have to fill. And so this, uh, there's this idea that we have to be perfect and be able to do it all. And then there is the perfectionism of we have to look good while we're doing it. <laughs> and then yeah. there is the perfectionism of and we have to do it perfectly. Mm. And so these three things I have a lot to say on. And I, I do want to break them up in a, in a couple of different ways. And I want to start by talking about... Um, I want to start by talking about how we have to look perfect as we're doing it. And mm -hmm. you sent me a link today, or you tagged me in a link for um, Tangerine. What was her name? I don't remember. Something Tangerine. She runs a blog. Yeah. And it was this very, very, very um, beautiful and well-manicured woman and her husband, and she's a, a lifestyle blogger. And, you know, she wore the same color, you know, she has a two-year-old child and their home is perfect and she uses really beautiful stationery and <laughs> her son had a really beautiful cake made. And I was, I went through and strolled through her blog and I was just, or, or her Instagram account. And the first thing that came to mind is that this is just so unattainable. <laughs> Wait, no. so I tagged you. What I, I remember I tagged you in a quote, but I didn't tag you in all that other stuff. Like I would I, no, I would I rabbit hold it. I mean, I just was like I, I didn't know who she was and I just kind of Oh, went, you you rabbit hold it. You went down the IG rabbit hole. Yes. I you know, I I rarely do, but I just like something about it picked my curiosity. And so yeah. I went into it and I was just like by by the sixth picture of hers, I was just like no fucking way. Yeah. And you know, I mean her her pencil, her her perfect pencil um, jeans matched her flats and she had this cute little bike and, um, you know, she had the nuclear family and she, you know, her friends baked perfect cakes for her son's birthday and <laughs> her clothes were perfect and her hair was perfect. And, um, you know, the whole thing, and as I was looking through it, it just made my throat close. Yeah. Um, and, I just, I go back into this, we, you know, this is what we're looking at. And I'm not talking about doing it all. I'm really talking about the presentation of it and the world that we live in, which, um, you know, we live in a world where we get to basically manicure 
what our lives look like. Um, and, and we do it in pictures and images and colors and mm-hmm. we put up the highlight reel of our lives. And so we're living in a world right now where, you know, I mean, if, if I would never want my kid to see Amy Tangerine's website. You know? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, you're never going to get there. That's never going to happen for you. Right. Um, but I just, you know, we live in this world where we really get to put up the highlight reels of our lives and, and that's just not the truth. And that's just not the case. No. I mean, no. behind the scenes, you know, our hair, our hair doesn't look perfect. And behind the scenes, our clothes have stains and behind the scenes, oh, um, God. you know, we're fighting late. with our husbands and behind the scenes, you know, I mean, it's just people really, truly are, you know, we live in an age where people are able to. Um, to paint this really, really perfect scripted, you know, lives. And, and I'm guilty of it, you know, to some degree still, but I was so guilty of it. I mean, back in the day, I, you know, I, I did, I mean, I obsessed about what I would put up on social media because I wanted to make sure people thought my life was banging, you know, and that I, you know, went to good parties and my hair always looked good and I had fabulous friends and, you know, and I just, you know, it was, it was, it was a highlight reel and and it still is. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I put up when I'm having a bad day and and sometimes I put up, you know, unpretty pictures of sometimes, but for the most part, I'm still, still manicuring that, you know, and, and it still is, you know, the, the real life that's underneath it so much messier than, you know, than even I let on and even I blog about, and I'm, I'm pretty damn truthful about what my life is. And so, yeah, there's this, you know, the first level of perfectionism that we're faced with today is that we're looking around at everyone else's highlight reel and we're not looking around, you know, and that's what we're comparing ourselves to. And that's what we have to live up to. And it's, it's not real and it's fucking impossible. And Anyway, so that's what no, I'll say. Yeah, no, I, I want to add to that. I, to, I mean, I, I completely agree. And I, I, it's like the blessing and the curse of social media in a lot of ways is because I think there is the opportunity to connect with people and, and words and pictures that are not perfect and beautiful. And so there are a lot of, I mean, I've met a lot of people on that frequency, you know, Mm-hmm. and connected with a lot of people on that frequency but there's also the yeah the highlight reel um which is it's like da- it's dangerous i mean i was talking to someone in my office the other day uh about she said i i, I think you know cuz i think you've posted about this before but have you read the blog momastery i was like oh yeah, yeah i love I love it. And she's like, oh, I just started her book, um, Carry On Warrior. And I just cannot believe how real she is. I can't believe how, like, all these things she's saying, you know, I just love that she's so real. And it was like, it was so, um, it was, it was like, yeah, uh, yeah. But I, I think because I have, my lenses have changed a lot. I don't know mm-hmm. if I ever believed the highlight reel. Um or bought into it totally. Um, I've always been the person that like, I don't, I haven't worn makeup like all year, you know, like I, yeah. I look okay enough, but I don't really No, you, you look know, really I, beautiful by the way. No, well, please. but my, but my point is it's not that I'm not, I, I feel beautiful. I feel fine, but I don't, um, I, I don't know. I let go of a lot of that stuff. And I think I also have a mom who always looks beautiful, you know, like very done up and she would always, not done up. That's not right. Very nice. But she, she always looks good. She always has makeup on and she grew up with a mom who cared very much about appearances. And I just didn't, I didn't buy into that. And I would always get, get a hard time for like, where, what are you wearing out of the house? Like you can't wear pajamas to get bagels. I'm like, why, you know, why? And I guess that's sort of carried through. So I always find it shocking to think that, um, there's a lot of people who, um, a lot of people. And I, the part of the letter that made me maybe the most sad was like, if I'm skinny enough, if I'm attractive or thin enough, that's what she said. And I'm thinking, wow, like, I don't know. I that just, doesn't it hit makes me really deeply depressed. But don't you feel, I mean, women with all the other amazing things that we could, that we can focus on or worried about, about how we're looking, doing things, you know? But are you saying that you don't worry about how you look and that you don't have those thoughts when you look at other women, like, like her ass is better than mine or, 
or are you asking if I don't? Yeah. Oh no. I mean, I do, I do, okay. but okay. I don't to, it doesn't like, it's not debilitating. I rarely, sure. I rarely have thoughts where I'm like, Oh, I'm not, I'm just not as pretty or I'm not good enough. I'm not thin enough. Right? I just don't anymore. And, um, and I'm not saying that for any other reason than to say it, like I have been there. I mean, I, I had that for my entire twenties, <laughs> like yeah. to a debilitating degree. And, um, you know, it make it, it really pains me. Like it's, it's a, such a massive waste of our beautifulness. Yeah. You know, um, the mayor's wife, Gavin Newsom's wife, and I'm going to, I forget her name. Um, oh God, I'll, I'll post it in my blog, uh, a link to it, but she did a, a, a wonderful movie and it, I think it's called misrepresented. I, or, I, I can't remember exactly. Um, Jennifer Siebel. Mm-hmm. And it was just about how we've basically been encouraged to objectify women. And, you know, I can go into this whole feminist thing there. But I will say that no matter how much self-work I've done, I mean, I still get into comparison mode. I do. You know, I still do. Like, my comparisons are a little bit different now. My comparison is like, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert or Gabby Bernstein or, you know, it's it's a yeah. little bit, you know, it's, it's a bit, it's a different flavor. Um, but I think, you know, we, it, it comes from this sense of, does come from a sense of lack. It comes from a sense of there's not enough to go around. It comes from the sense of, um, you, you know, just not feeling good enough some days. And I will say, I mean, I still, I still, you know, if I'm, if I, like I was, here's a great example. When I was, when I was just in Rome, I had close to a hundred mosquito bites on my legs and, um, I just, my legs looked like crap yeah. and I was walking around and I just would be like, God, I wish I had her legs, you know? And like, I mean, mm -hmm. it just, you know, it's still, it's just something that's so programmed into us that, uh, aesthetic beauty looks a certain way. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I just don't, I mean, I look at it and I, I do, you know, a lot of people actually ask me to write about my body image issues and, and my bulimia. And I just, don't because I'm, I like, I stopped binging and purging. Um, but I just, I, my advice is always, um, I've just gotten like, I've actually, instead of hating myself or hating myself, I've just actually gotten to a point where I realize that some days I'm going to hate how my ass looks in jeans and I'm going to be okay with that. And I realize yeah. that some days I'm going to look at somebody else who is just perfectly coiffed and has better hair and, and I'm going to, you know, feel somewhat less. I just know, and I give myself a break for having yeah. those thoughts instead okay. of beating the crap out of myself or beating the crap out of myself, you know, and, it, and that for me has helped tremendously, which is just being okay that sometimes I don't feel okay, you know? So, yeah. and it gets better with self-love. It does with, you know, with moving further out of, you know, identifying with, you know, the dense, gross body and moving more and, and, and really, you know, aligning with spirit. But for me, I just, it's, that's a hard, that's, I was just talking to one of our mutual friends on text the other day who was asking for it. And I was just like, do not ask me how to heal myself of body image issues because that one, that one is for certain one of the hardest things that us women have to deprogram. Yeah, but like, do you seriously think? Because do you do you really feel like what is it? What is that? What is the thought or what it, what hits you? Is it like just you see yourself? Not I. I just have to imagine you're not seeing yourself as you are. Well, sure, absolutely. But we have to remember we live in we live in a paternalistic society that has objectified women based upon their looks and favored women's placement in society for 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 lifetimes, you know, our our mothers, 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 mm -hmm. you know, mothers. Mothers, 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 right? I just was looking at 2,000-year-old art and, you know, the women on there, their bodies were objectified. Men were too. But, you know, that's it. I mean, we, we live in a society where a deep percentage of us, that's the first thing that is seen. And so what is it? It's programming, right? And it's just, a, it's No, I know, but what, what is the, how does it hit you? Like, what is it, what is the feeling? Is it just, you feel... Well, I mean, I'm also very aesthetically driven, right? Like there's a reason I love photography and that's because I love, 
I love beauty. And in my mind, and I'm getting into the perfectionist, I see certain beauty in certain ways. And part of the lens that I've had for, for as long as I can remember is that beauty looks like a size zero. You know, I mean, you have to remember, I started dieting when I was maybe, I mean, my next door neighbor, she was dieting when she was really young. And I just, I was thin, but I, I, you know, got it in my head and then puberty hit. So like at age 11, I was taking diet pills, you know, I mean, so what hits me is the same feeling that I got when, and I'm, I forgive you, Heather, but the same feeling I got when my sister told me my thighs shouldn't touch together. And, and when she gave me the nickname cottage cheese stomach, because I had cellulite at age 11, you know, that's what hits me. And so it's not like, it's like saying, Holly, stop being, you know, stop bringing your dad into your relationships. Well, I'm trying, you know? And so I think when we approach it with women, we don't go and say, just stop, just realize you're beautiful. Well, no, you know, I think it's like, I mean, that's not even anywhere near what I'm saying. I'm just asking what it feels like, because I, I, you know what it is. It's honestly like, we this is one area we were, you and I have never really talked about in yeah. deep in depth, and it just is shocking to me. And I get honestly like my questioning. I get mad. I get mad at the fact that you that someone like you or so many of the people that I love and know feel like that. I I get fucking mad. Like why do you get mad? Because it's so it's so sad, and it's like it feels like, um, it's just sad. It, it feels sad that, because it's like you are, I see you a certain way. I see yeah. you a certain way. And it, it's like, it hurts me the way it hurts my, me to hear my daughter talk badly about herself. You know, it's like, yeah. it's sad. It, it, it makes me sad because it recognizes like it also feels like a massive just waste of your beautiful energy. Like, well, but it's also assuming that it's a ton of my energy. A waste of my energy would be trying to pretend that I don't have days. This, now I never said this consumed my, it, it consumed a great deal of my life for years and years. Um, this doesn't consume my life anymore. I right, mean, it just right. doesn't, you know, like we're not talking like I'm walking around like some broken woman who's constantly, you know, like trying to, you know, fit into size 26 or 20, you know, whatever. Right. I'm just, this is, I'm saying that there are days when I don't feel pretty and that's okay. Like what yeah, I'm saying is I'm not mad about it. You know, I spent years being mad about it. And so that's why, you know, for me, I think the deprogramming comes as we become, for me, what, what I hold is my, this is just me personally speaking. This is why I don't really coach on body issues ever. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, my path is, um, is continually realizing that my body is an altar, an altar for, for God and an altar of spirit. And that it is, it really truly is a great, it's, it's a, it's, you know, it's like, like Pema would say, it's, filled it's a bag of pus and blood (laughs) and water and you know I mean and shit and piss you know like that's what it is you know human bodies if we really want to it's just a bag of gross fluid you know (laughs) and so for me like my 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 goal in life is not to just be like this fictitious woman that loves every last little bit of herself you know because that's not real what I am is of course but but let me finish. Like what I am is a woman that absolutely like, like loves, I mean, I love myself. I really do. I think I'm a badass, you know, like there's, you know, I, I have no problem saying I am smart and I'm funny and I have like a bright spirit and I have, you know, a sassy mouth. I love the words that I use. I love the way that I look at the world. I love, I love how big my heart is. I love my you know, weird little knees. Now they turn into each other. I love like my neck and my face and my hair. You know what I mean? Like there's stuff that I just, I do. I mean, like I'm falling in love with myself, but that, you know, for me, what I have to be really clear on is that just because I'm falling in love with myself does not mean that I just run it like that. I'm just totally cool with cellulite. You know, it's a, it's a road, it's a process. And I imagine and I'm, you know, down the line, it will be less and less and less. And so for me, my path is, 
just not getting stuck on it and just letting there be days when I feel nasty and when days when I wish I was her, you know, and being okay with that rather than thinking there's something just so wrong. That's, you know, that's me. That's my path. And it's so not about perfectionism. Now we're going to have to rename this to the body image episode. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I know. This one often shows. No, what what I, yeah. And, you know, obviously this, the, I think, you know, I'm thinking now, why do I get so mad? I, I think it's because I literally, I spent my end of my teenage years and all of my 20s hating my body. And I can truly say that was a fucking waste of time. Like I know all things were, you know, all things are part of the path, but I really see no value in that path. Like that part of it. I just don't. I, all I see it is like, as a total energy suck. Like think, like I, that is the thing I thought about 90% of the time Yeah. in my twenties. I was always aware of my body and it got in such, it got in such a way. It was so debilitating and so sad. I look back on that and I think, God, I wish, I wish I didn't do that. I wish I had received the messages earlier or something, or I just, it makes me immensely sad. And I think that's why I get defensive about it or, or why, why anger is coming across because recently my daughter is six, right? And she said to me the other day, she goes, my, my belly's fat in a good way. Right, mom. Yeah. And I'm thinking, where the fuck did she get that message? Yeah. You know, and it's starting already and she's six and it, yeah. it's, frightening. it's frightening. Yeah. And you know, our friends are talking about if you chew, if you chew, but you don't swallow, then you won't get fat. And yeah. if you don't eat lunch then you won't get fat and yeah. they're six and seven and eight, you know, it's so it, um, and I haven't gone there for a long time. Like this is just a place I don't really go anymore into the body image. Yeah. Stuff. I don't go into it. I really don't either. I Cause don't. it just, it, it's not interesting to me either. It's not a place like I f- feel like I want to explore. It's just like, Oh, can we just toss that, that pile of bullshit out? Yeah. <laughs> Please. Um, and well, I think it's changing. I do. I mean, if you look at like, if I can, all of my mind goes to is Lena Dunham. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I love her and I love her because she has a real body and she, and when I say real body, I mean, she has what is not your atypical Hollywood body and she wears whatever the fuck she wants mm-hmm. and that changes. And she's a role model. She's a huge role model. She's yeah. one of my role models, you know, and, and that, and not only that, when I see her wearing things, you know, I'm like, she looks good in that. She looks like a, she looks like a normal human being. Yeah. And um, and a beautiful, normal human being. And so it's just, you know, it's a reprogramming that our society is going to go through, but we're, I mean, we really are an image driven, sex driven, you know, society and, and women, how women look is, is, you know, why wars are fought. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And so, I mean, I think this all does tie in because it's also, you know, what you, you made like a perfect point about we're seeing not only what people are dressing like and who, you know, what their hair looks like and all that, but we're seeing their lives like portrayed in the same way Yeah. because we have this constant stream of input, right? Yeah. So what a good mom looks like, what a good wife looks like, what a good daughter, sister, friend, life looks like, what a good vacation looks like, what a good dinner looks like. I mean, it never ends. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and I didn't, I didn't get to this at all. I didn't even put anything together about this in my response to the letter. And it's very obvious now, like that, um, the one thing I did think that my, one of my first initial thoughts is like, you know, she, she, um, this reader looking to begin lost, who forgot who she is, you know, she forgot who she is in the yeah. mix, in the stream of all these images and her roles and, yeah she forgot who she is. And that happens to all of us happened to me happened to you. And you know, the way, the way, yeah. And, or you just, you can't even, you're so she, the second thing that hit me was she bought into, she's buying into, bought into a lot of things that are just not true. You know, like it always amazes me that we're shocked to hear the other about other people's, 
you know, really hear the truth about our other people's pain or struggle in their life. Even people that are ostensibly close to us, you know, yeah. like marriages. Oh my God, that marriage is, you know, I would have struggling. never seen it coming. They seem right. like the perfect and, couple. And <laughs> right. They went so, to Vail in the winters and right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I think that's one part of it, but the part of it that I think is the the biggest part, the juiciest part. Um, and then I there's also a part that comes into um, that really specific to drinking and addiction. But the I think the second biggest part is also the amount of things that we you know which you're you're starting to get into, which is the amount of things that we have to do and have to be, and mm-hmm. which is a growing, growing, growing um, laundry list of responsibilities. And you know today's woman, if she is a mother and she she is a working mother, you know, um, she is leaning into her job, like Sheryl Sandberg tells us. Um, she is, I know, she is um, raising her children. She's making sure that her children do their homework and that they have enough extracurricular activities. She is trying to maintain this perfect body. She's also possibly on one of the social media sites on Facebook or Instagram trying to make her life look perfect. Mm-hmm. She has to send out Christmas cards. She has mm-hmm. to wrap Christmas presents and buy Christmas presents. I don't know. I'm so stuck on Christmas. She has to remember people's <laughs> birthdays. She has to keep her sex life up. She has to eat quinoa and kale. She has to read good books and, you know, I mean. Talk about them and bring the perfect thing to book club. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it just never, it just never, ever ends. And when I think about what my life was, what it still is, I mean, I still like, I still am constantly piling stuff on the plate. But what I was trying to do before was have a career, have a great apartment, have great clothes, um, keep my social life up. Um, I was trying to make sure that I maintain some sort of like yoga practice or physical physical practice. And and this is just me without being a mom. Um, you know, and I had to, you know, date the right men. I had to go to the right restaurants. I had to read the right books. I had to, you know, and also I needed hobbies and skills. And so I had this list of stuff that I just, um, you know, I was already spinning the plates in the air and then on, you know, and then, oh, and then on top of that, there's the networking things that you have to do. And then, you know, and Oh my God, you're making me volunteering. (laughs) Why not volunteer? You know, like, don't you give back? And, um, you know, and, and also like keep your hair done and keep your nails done. And, um, I mean like, but you know, Botox, no wrinkles. And, um, have you been to the dentist in, you know, six months? And, um, what about, you know, is, is your vagina health up to date? And, you know, I mean, like it just, when you think about like what it means to be a woman, um, who is managing a career and a uh, family and a social media profile. (laughs) I know. It's insane. It's total insanity. I mean, Ah! you're like, you're like making this list and and part of me is going, oh yeah, I do that. I do that. Oh, I don't so much do that. Oh, but I do that. Oh, but I probably should do that. You know, like it's so, it's fascinating and it's, and it's, um, you have to do it all. Like, I mean, I just like my, th- I would spend time on a par- apartment therapy because my apartment had to look a certain way. And I would spend time, you know, making sure that I was like reading the right books and also the right blogs and the right magazines. And then I had to have the latest technology. And then on top of that, like I had to do really good at my job. And like on yeah. top of that, like I had to keep up with social trends and keep my appearance up and also not go fucking crazy. I mean, it's just like, ugh. ugh. So what did you, so you're talking about it like as though there's, some reform there. There is. Right. So what, and I know, so what, so what did that look like? Like, you know, if we're talking to this reader and, you know, what I addressed is the stuff maybe underneath all of that is like forgetting who you are. Right. And, and how you sort of start to build a foundation and just, and this is more like, this is really looking at the content of your life and going questioning piece by piece do I need this? Right. Is this, am I, am I, do I want to do this? Right. (laughs) Like that's, that's one of the really funny questions I've started to ask myself is, do I actually want to do this? (laughs) I mean, and it's so funny. You just assume that you wanted to do so many things and turns out I didn't, you know, I don't. And only really through getting sober did I have, I started to realize, what I like, like what I yeah. really like, you know. I actually- well, you have more time to do it too. But yes, yes, right. Like what you actually. Sorry, keep going. But like what you actually like, it's yeah. different than what you thought, right? Totally. And and you know what's funny, while we're you know, and we can kind of veer back to center. But I 
as a kid, I was really happy in with a book in my room. Like mm. I was really happy, quiet book room, not a whole lot going on, you know? And I don't know where I picked it up or started it or, or, you know, it's probably just being in junior high and then high school wanting to be popular and wanting to look good and wanting to have a boyfriend. But I started becoming like really hyper social. And then, I mean, certainly with drinking, like I, I actually believe that I wanted to be in socializing all the time. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't. No, like at all. I don't, I don't enjoy it. Like I enjoy it in doses and I love it in pieces and I love having small interactions and one-on-one interactions. I fucking hate being in the middle of a big crowd. Like it's awful. It's awful. And, um, but I, you know, it's so funny. Like now I, I, when I read the one sentence about, you know, if I'm a good mom, wife, daughter, sister, friend, I thought, yeah, you know, it's really hard to be all those things. And it's not just hard. It's basically impossible. And, yeah. and to pick each part of those things, you know, all the things we do for our kids, all the things we do as a daughter and ask yourself, like, do I actually <laughs> want to do this? Yeah. And, and, and for the first time, maybe ever giving yourself a choice to say, I'm going to bow out of that. I'm not going to yeah. do that and not apologize about it. Like yeah. that's the big thing is not say, is continually then going around apologizing. Oh, I don't do that. I don't send Christmas cards anymore because da da da. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't do this. I'm sorry. I don't do that. It's like, fuck that. Yeah. Just, you know, it, it, and, and it's not, you don't get to the fuck that very fast. And I saw plenty yeah. of things that I do. Um, but it's so, it, you're right. Like you just reading off that list and going on and on and on is like, it's, it truly like the busyness of it all becomes an addiction too, you know? Well, the, the need to not, you know, the need to go after all these different things. I, it's funny. I mean, I, you asked me what was the, what the reform was. And I, I, at first I was like, God, I don't know, but of course I know. Um, it's funny. I keep on, I live, I live in union square and, um, I mean, there's a couple things, but this is, this is just a really poignant point. Um, I used to walk by the Louis Vuitton store mm-hmm. and I'd always see the window and I would just be like, God, I've really got to own that Louis Vuitton luggage. Um, you know, like there, I mean, first of all, there was that, you know, and, and I remember the reason I'm saying this is because I walked by it yesterday and I realized I had no desire in me. There was nothing in me that said I'll have made it when I own Louis Vuitton luggage. And you probably um, hadn't even noticed it for a while, right? No, I hadn't. I hadn't. And then I was just like, that doesn't even appeal. Like there's nothing in that. Mm. But but there was a period of time where, I mean, so the, some of the first things that really changed was I thought I had, I really thought like in order to be, I really truly thought in order to be, um, worthy and have made it that I had to, that my life had to look like the real simple magazine, you know, that I, that Mm -hmm. I had to, you know, like have three sets of sheets and that I had to have the right clothes and that I had to send out Christmas cards and that also I had to cook at home and that I had to, um, you know, that I had to do all these things and I had to own different things and I had to look a certain way. And so for me, I think one of the first things that changed was I just, um, like what you were saying, like, I just, I'm, I was not interested in those things. Like I just mm-hmm. realized those things that I was killing myself for, I didn't even want, didn't care I didn't even about. want, I didn't even care about. And so one of the biggest changes was I just shortened the list of what I was going after. Right. And what I was going after, like, it just became sickening to me, you know, like keeping yeah. up on the us magazine gossip. Like it's, I got turned <laughs> off of that really quickly. Right. But I also like, and that's kind of part of it. It's just like my world shifted from needing to get Botox, which I, I used to, and I used to get IPL and all sorts. I mean, my world shifted from, from having conversations about how to make myself perfect. Um, and it just, I mean, that stuff fell off. So one of the biggest changes was I just stopped focusing on stuff I really didn't give a shit about. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other part of it is that um, and, and I think this is kind of where a bigger part comes in. Um, I really started um, not being the best daughter because I wasn't already, but I, I stopped trying to be the best anything to anybody else. I just yeah. stopped. I stopped yeah. living for other people and doing what other people wanted me to do. Right. And so I didn't show up to some family events and mm-hmm. I forgot some people's birthdays 
and I didn't travel for this and I didn't make it to that. And I, you know, never sent Christmas cards, even though I kept on buying them every year, hoping I'd become that person. I just realized I'm never going to become that person. You know, I got real, I got real with what I needed to do for myself. I got real with what like really defined what being a good daughter was, being a good sister was, being a good friend was, being a good human was. I got real with myself. Yeah. And don't you feel like when you finally, cause it, I mean, it, it was, it doesn't look like as you just drop everybody, you know, what I, what I have found in doing that is you actually have space to be there for people. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're there. Cause not only that, like when you're running around and doing all this shit that you don't even want to be doing, you're miserable and you're not present anyway. But when you, you know, for, here's a really great way. Here's a great example. So this summer, my mom, um, you know, who doesn't have a ton of money, she spent a lot of money to rent us this beautiful lake house. And, um, she, you know, and, and I, it was for a week and I knew, I knew my bound, I knew my limits and I knew going to be with my family for seven days at a lake house without a car could result yeah. in, you know, me appearing on cops. And so I <laughs> called her ahead of time and I just said, Hey, you know what? This is what I need. First of all, I need my own space. I cannot share that room with my 13 year old niece. I need space to myself to do my yoga. And I'm only going to come for four days. Cause I think that's about what I like that. That's my max. So I got honest with her and she was so happy to provide it and serve it to me. And, 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 and also mom, I need you to drive down from the mountains and pick me up in Fresno and drive me back. I asked for what I needed, which was very hard. And it's a whole other show asking for what we need. But, um, but anyway, I didn't do it perfect. You know what I mean? I didn't pack it in and run from one thing to the next and try and do the whole seven days and be, and do it for other, you know what I mean? I did what I needed. I still showed up for them in the way that I could show up for them. And I think that's like a really important distinction is that we show up more um, for these things as we can instead of showing up for them as we think we're supposed to. As an obligation. Yeah. Because then you're just full of resentment anyway. Yeah. You Uh, know, and I, I, Always, there's something um, in one of Wayne Dyer's like t- talks or tapes. He always he said that he hadn't been to a wedding in like 20 years or something. Yeah. Like he just doesn't go to them. He's like, yeah. I don't, I don't care who it is. I don't, you know, unless it's his kids, I don't go. Yeah. <laughs> and people are like, but you have to go. You know, of course you're gonna go. He's like, it's a, it says who? Like, no, yeah. I don't have to go. You know, and I think it's a lot of turning stuff like that on its head. I mean, there, and you know, I will say because I know she's a mom. I know this letter is is coming from a mom. That's a whole other sphere of influence, you know, and it's like being Mm -hmm. a teenager again in some ways where all of a sudden you're not, you know, you're not just worried about your kid, but how you're parenting them and how you're, you know, what activities they're doing, what they're dressing like. And I, um, luckily both my daughter's father and me don't, don't, buy into that. And it wasn't through any sort of discussion or negotiation. It's just like, that's kind of both how we were, you know, or are. Mm. And, but there's once in a while, man, I'll get caught in a conversation where I'm like, keeping up with it, you know, I'm like, keep it up. And uh, I'm thinking, wow, this is, it's a really hard thing not to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. when you're, a, especially when you're a new mom and you have a baby and it's all the, you know, the gear and the things and the, oh my God, it's crazy. So well, I mean, we drink to escape. I mean, that like the biggest thing, like to say to all this is this is why people drink. People drink because they can't, you know what I mean? They can't keep up. They thought that, that mm-hmm. is why, or because it's screwed so tightly to try and keep up. And we put ourselves to be the perfect, all of this and to present as the perfect, um, that we drink to, I mean, for me, the drinking was the time where I could, you know, like the one time that I could take this, I could take the step down. I could turn it off. I totally. could, you know, like I could actually yeah, unwind you take the, it. You snap the rubber band and let it, you know, settle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Cause it has to balance out somewhere. And when you're that tightly wound and you're, you know, and you're, you're living for everyone else and you're living, you know, a life that does not match what's, what's on the inside. Um, it's, you know, it comes out somewhere. It really does. Yeah, there was this um there was this great article. One of my friends subscribed me to Oprah and I'll actually share it on the the article on the blog or I'll share it with you or something um like Oprah herself as a follow-up. No, it was a writer in the magazine in the yeah. Oprah magazine. Um and it was maybe the only issue that I read out of you know fully read and I bookmarked this article and saved it cuz it was so beautiful about you know when 
we stop, when we start um, getting away from who we actually are, from our truth and how we feel, we start to not know our, we start to tell like miniature lies basically mm-hmm. all day, you know, miniature lies to our, you know, when people ask us how we are and we say, we're good, Fine. you know, great. How are the kids? Great. How, you know, because obviously we can't walk around all day, like vomiting to everybody, but you know, even to our friends and it's like, we don't, we start to become unknowable to ourselves then. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that I think is underneath all of, all of this is again, like not, not being connected to who you actually are anymore. And then yeah. really not even consciously, like not knowing who that person is. And so you put on all these other masks because I know who I am when I'm almost mother, you know, I, I know who I am. Yeah. I know who I am. I know who I am when I'm at work. That is yeah. a great example. You yes. know, I like, I, I sometimes totally enjoy going to work to escape the chaos of the rest of my life and my home, especially. And I know that that goes for a lot of parents, you know, and I, I work in a really stressful and hectic environment. Um, you know, I don't work in like a coal mine or something, but I work in like a professionally stressful environment and I, I consider relaxing compared to my home life Yeah, sometimes. And so it's, yeah. And I think we're kind of away from perfectionism, but maybe not, you know, maybe this is all about that. Maybe it's all about it. It all ties into somehow. And I, the, I do, I do want to go into one more thing about perfectionism too. Um, the, the last point on it um, before we go crazy out of time. So the first two things that I said, the first was, I think we, we live in a world where we have to look perfect and we have to present perfect. The second is we live in a world where we have to be perfect, do it all do it every last little bit of it and beyond beyond you know i mean beyond what, what human beings are capable of and and it's not it's and it's getting worse as technology enables us to it's just getting worse yeah and then the third point is we think we have to do all these things that we're supposed to do perfectly and i think that's probably and i i want to talk about this one just a little bit especially like how it ties into addiction because this is one of the like the earliest trends that I discovered when I started working with clients one-on-one especially because I work with an archetype I work with the me's and and I experienced this myself which is that a lot of times when we do anything um this is I'm tying this into recover a lot of times when we do anything we believe that we have to do it perfect all the way 100 Mm percent so for instance if I'm going to go on Oh, I'm going to clean up my diet. I'm not just going to clean up my diet. I'm going to hire a nutritionist. I'm going to go on a five-day juice cleanse. I'm going to only eat kale. I'm going to go, and buy, you know what I mean? And I still do this. I mean, I'm speaking about this from experience from just a couple of months ago when I went, you know, and I'm standing in Whole Foods with a $500 bill, yeah. you know, um, we don't allow ourselves to just kind of do things or, or mess up and go back to them. We do them all the way. And so what I was finding really early on with my clients was, you know, and, and what, what worked for me in, in breaking addiction, and I have to be really clear on this, what worked for me in breaking addiction was not doing it perfectly. It was just showing up day after day after day and doing it very messily oh, and doing really. it so, so, so broken and failing and starting again. And um, which was very different than how I approached many things before, because if I was going to send out Christmas cards, um, and this, I mean, Christmas cards haunted me for years, just so you know. That's so um, funny. I can't oh, even imagine you. That's a box. I never did, but I have boxes of them because <laughs> I had intentions. That's what people did. Um, that is so funny. Oh. I would literally fall over if I got a Christmas card from you. That wasn't, I, I, unless it was like. I don't remember people's birthdays. I don't have anyone's addresses. But I, every year had this, I'm going to do it this year. Like it was some, anyway, but, um. Let's just take that as an example. If I was going to send out Christmas cards, I would go out, I'd buy three boxes, you know, and then I'd come up with a spreadsheet. I'd come up with it. I'd back it into a project plan. You know what I mean? I would just like say it's going to be perfect. And then I'd blow it by a day or something. And the same goes for diets. And the same goes for if I'm going to do yoga, I'm not just going to do it once this week. I'm going to do it every day. I'm going to double up a class on Sunday. And, you know, if I'm going to learn this, you know, if I'm going to learn, you know, um, Italian, I am, I'm going to do the level one and the level, you know, like we, you know, we tend to have this idea that if we don't do it perfectly, it's not worth doing. Or we start out with these massive, massive amounts of extreme expectation over it. And we don't meet that very quickly. And then we drop off. So 
we're putting this back to when people are going for sobriety, a lot of times in the very early stages, it's like, you know, I have a lot of my clients start like a daily meditation practice and start a little bit of reading and like um, just dabbling a little bit, just going into it, you know, and trying to get them into a daily routine. And what, what so often happens and what was happening right up front is that people were just not able to do it. Mm -hmm. And they would just say, I can't do this. I'm never going to do this. And then they would, you know, just run back over and start drinking again, or they would do it and then they would drink. And then they'd say the whole, it's all gone because I drank and I didn't have my perfect days. And so the, the, one of the ways perfectionism gets us so much is, and not just for breaking addiction, but I, I love using this example in, in it is that we think that, um, we have, to do everything perfectly and that it's a reflection of us if we don't we don't you know if we if we if we don't meet the extreme expectation we put on ourselves we throw it all out we just because it's too painful to do and so I have to say like one of the biggest tips that you know one of the ways I got around this and the way that I I consistently am pushing back to my clients or anyone going through this is that you just imagine that you're taking, you know, when you're working from addiction, you just, you, you just imagine that you're taking, you know, a huge bag of sand and you're standing over a tiny hole and you pour the sand and some of it gets in and some of it doesn't. And that's just the kind of way it works when any, when we're trying to do anything new, which is we try our best, we throw everything we've got at it. Right. But it's never, you know, execution perfect. Like, perfect completion never comes from perfect execution. Right. I mean, and, and there's just, there's no, whenever we have like, you know, and, and that just, it extends beyond recovery and sobriety, but it's so important, you know, for talking about this is that like a lot of people give up because we're taking the same perfectionist drive and we're applying it towards something that is messy and hard and that, and, and that there is, there's just no way. Right. And so we abandon ship because we haven't done it the way that we thought we were supposed to do it. So anyway, Anyway, yeah, third no, leg of perfectionism I, is doing it perfectly. Yeah, and that's like um, that's a that's a that's a hard one. I do struggle with that one for sure. Yeah. On um, in some areas, like not a not a bunch, but in some areas, and I love the quote like "done is better than good." Yeah, <laughs> and I think of that all the time in yeah. my life, especially when it comes to parenting and um, work. I mean, I used to, you were probably the same. You used to like spend massive amounts of time on presentation slides that were so immaculately perfect that were painstaking for me to do. And, you know, it didn't matter because what was, it it didn't matter. You know, it, it it never really usually mattered. (laughs) There are times when the the details really matter and most of the time they don't, it's better to get them done, you know? Yeah. Well, Um, I'm still in that way. I mean, I'm still all three ways. I still you know, I still am pulled into perfection, you know, looking perfect. I'm still pulled into doing it all. I mean, look at my calendar, you know, and I'm still yeah. into when I do, you know, if I, if I put a blog post up, I mean, fuck, I'm on those images. I am, you know, like if something's a little, ah, you know, I mean, I, you know, the stuff I put out is like, it has to have a level of, you know, I'm, I'm still, I still am that way. But at the same time, I also, I, I'm, you know, I'm not afraid of failing anymore. I don't think that my worth is wrapped up. Um, and, and I, and, you know, not to, you know, all this stuff, there's, there's still pieces of it, but my, you know, I still, I go back to me standing over Jeff and just screaming, I don't fail, you know? And yeah, dude, I can't, I would, that's a scary thing to to imagine. I, I can picture it like not just you, but how painful that must have been. You know? Oh, you can ask Jeff. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it was, I was scary. It was scary. That was how I, that was very much how I operated though. Um, by fear. Um, but you know, but I also, but I didn't, I mean, that was my, that was it. I just, I didn't fail, you know, and, and, and I drank heavily to compensate for that. Um, crazy belief. Um, yeah. One of the things I love that I asked you or, or that you said, I don't know how it came up, but, um, how you, when you started to not do parts of your job or like just yeah. let go parts and like nothing happens, yeah, you know? nothing happened. You know, you're, you were uh, quite sure like the world would stop spinning and you just couldn't let go and it couldn't, it couldn't happen, you know, not acceptable. And you realize like, it's okay. You know, the world kept spinning. Yeah. It was funny. Cause I, the, I, I quit. I just wrote about this on January 27th. I quit. That was my, the day that I like 
finished. But on that Friday before I had worked 18 hours straight and it was, I was working in New York and I just remember getting into the Uber that night and I had gotten into the office. I had been up at five and I got into the Uber at um, 11 PM at night. I hadn't stopped since. And, um, and I, you know, and, and I spent the whole weekend with the world on my shoulders. And then on Monday, um, I quit. And then I got on a plane on Wednesday and I just, decided not to work on the way back to San Francisco for the first time in, you know, 10 years. And then, um, and then it just kind of like once, you know, it's like senioritis, you know, once you start going down that path, but it just, the, the surprising thing of it all was that, that the company survived when I left. Imagine. <laughs> it was so shocking. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it did. It's still. It's still. It's still is there. I know. There. I'm laughing because I. <laughs> I'm, I know. I'm kidding because it's. Crazy. Uh, yeah. It's, it's crazy, it's, but we think that we think. Oh my God! If I say no to this, if I don't put in the 18-hour day, if I'm not on the weekend sending 50 emails, if I'm not, you know, raising at five, and leave, I mean that it's just it will just never. And the truth is, the world goes on. The world just always goes on. You know, it just it works yeah. around. And there's a exactly. And people, you know, when you relate that to people and your relationships and things that you think you have to do, like people adjust to what you. They do. You do. You know, they adjusted to, to you. I mean, one of my good friends was texting me about this, and and then I think we want to like slow down and wrap up because yeah. it ended up being really long. But so long. One of my good friends was texting me um the other day about how she was a little depressed because she felt like she had so many obligations and that she um didn't you know she had just moved back and her fit and she has a lot more going on here because of family and everything. And she just felt like she was so depressed because she had too many obligations. And I was like, you can, you can change the terms, you know, of, of these relationships. And it doesn't, has zero to do with how much you love people or whatever, but you don't have to do all these things. Like we, we, um, I have to do it constantly. I have to constantly remind myself that I can say no. And it's so, wonderful to say no because I've learned what I need yeah or I've learned what I need and it's a lot more time it's a lot more space and otherwise when I do show up I'm I you know I'm not great no (laughs) I'm not helpful I'm not happy I'm not um really there so yeah I've crossed I love that it's just I mean because I used to I mean I could never say no to anybody anytime and um it's I was walking with one of my friends that's you know and one of my friends that's been gotten closer since I stopped drinking and she knows me much she knows me very well on this side of it um than Mm -hmm. she did on the other and we were walking and she like maybe earlier this year and she said oh do you want to you know do you want to do this and I was like "Mm, no Mm -hmm. and she like and she was like why and I said because I just don't want to and um (laughs) isn't that awesome I know and she's like I just love how you don't give a fuck you know I just love that you say no when you don't want to do something Mm -hmm. and um and it's true but that was hard one I did not I mean I I would have made up five lies if I didn't want to do something oh. or said I would do it and then come up to the occasion and either and like make my way to get through it or lied and and said that I had um and then been all resentful like oh, and then, oh I have to and do had this them be, yeah no I mean no I, so it's yeah anyway so I think um, the, the piece, the thing that I really wanted to be heard on this was, and, and we didn't even get into the worry part of that. So we'll have an episode on worry. Um, yeah. But I'll, you know, I do want to say that to this reader, you know, perfectionism and, and to all, to all, all of, you know, our archetypes out there, um, this is a common affliction. We live in a world where we are, you know, inundated with more images than we could possibly begin to imagine of what we're supposed to look like and it's even on the spiritual side i've never seen gabby bernstein look like shit i just haven't right i wish i did i wish i did too gabby bernstein but like but you know what i mean even we're we are surrounded in a world that's just like 
it's, it's, it's supposed to look like this and it's supposed to look perfect and pretty. And so we live in a, you know, we're, we're, first of all, the first thing too, is don't buy into this bullshit. It's not true. This is not, not how people know. No, it's not true. People under the hood, it looks most likely worse than what it looks like under your hood. The number two thing is that you can't do it all and you have to start doing and living for yourself and only doing things that feed your soul. Right. And that doesn't mean just, you know, all of a sudden, you know, being a selfish person that doesn't do anything for anybody, but it means putting your oxygen mask on first so that you can begin to live a life where you can start to help other people put on their oxygen mask first. Otherwise you just die trying to help everyone. And then the third part is anything that you're doing and anything that you're doing, there is no such thing as perfect. There's just not and so trying to do something on the extreme perfection level, beating yourself up when you don't make it, um, you know, being terrified of failure, being terrified of being flawed or, you know, imperfect is just, um, you know, all, all three of these things are, are the things, they are our, our generation's affliction and all three of them are why we drink. And so mm-hmm. it has to be, you know, I mean, we have to really, really lower the bars for ourselves in all three of these areas. Um, and give ourselves a break. I mean, I'm sitting here. I have not shaved my legs in five days, washed my hair in seven, even though I've taken baths, I haven't washed my hair in seven days. You know, I mean, I'm, I haven't done my laundry in my- two weeks. And <sighs> yeah, I think yeah. I know. Yeah. Eh. And eh. it looks pretty much the same over here. <laughs> Um, I think kids, you know, you have to keep, you have to keep doing certain things when you have kids, like she's a mom and you just do, you know, you do, but, but I promise you, you can lower your standards by about 80% and every, nobody would know a difference because, and they'd probably actually be better because you're happier, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Christmas cards is like the perfect example. I think. I think we should all did, give it up. Can we all stop sending Christmas cards, please? Yes. I'll stop. I, I'll stop. I didn't. I haven't done it for the past two years, and I don't plan to ever do it again. Just, <laughs> let's take that one off, at least. It's okay. A group solidarity. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, next week we have not planned again, um, even though I have some ideas. And um, yeah, so we will go forth and next week surprise you. Yes. <laughs> and I think we're going to start, we're thinking about having guests. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah. There's lots more fun stuff to come. <gasps> and it's episode 11, which is Ooh. auspicious. Well, all right. Uh, good night. This is going to be a long one. Is that bad? What? Infinitely so. I think it's good. I don't know. We're going to have a lot more stuff happening.